Hello, superheroes, and welcome to another edition of the Superhero Academy podcast, where this time around, we are going to be talking about marketing and what it takes to get people to pay attention to what you're creating online. So in the world of marketing, in the world of building, you know, metrics and data and people, you know, who have drip email systems and all of these amazing, crazy things, there are a few people who have really paved the path and who are really uh, made some waves. And there are very few people who have done as big of waves as this week's guest, Neil Patel, who is an expert with a variety of things that, you know, or trophies that I think he could hang on his wall, uh, all of which really pertain to phenomenal entrepreneurial ventures and, and just being a total badass in the world of marketing. So we have a quick little episode. We talk about some key specifics on what that looks like and some of the things that he would do if he were starting all over again. Um, and yeah, so let's enjoy the episode and, you know, let me know if this is something that's going to change your marketing game. If you take away some nuggets, I'm always interested in hearing about what was valuable to you. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe anything is possible? Now let me ask you it differently. Do you believe you can achieve anything? Do you see a disconnect between these two statements, even for a moment? Let me tell you how I crossed that gap in one simple yet life-changing step. A few years ago, while hiking the Great Wall of China, I accomplished a dream of mine I had written down in an old journal some years back. Walking that wall felt like a giant check mark in the scattered list of amazing things I have always wanted to achieve in my lifetime. What I realized in that moment was that I had a huge list in my mind, but I had no true action plan to making it my reality. And then it hit me. The simple step to achieving my dreams was that I needed to make the list of my dreams a conscious reality. In that moment of clarity, I sat down and wrote what I now call the impossible list. What I wrote on the impossible list are the dreams I am committed to seeing through in my lifetime. What you write on your impossible list will be the accomplishments you're remembered for forever. Sometimes life feels like a journey, a race of sorts. But it's strange how many of us run the marathon of our lives without knowing where the finish line is, let alone where some of the checkpoints might be along the way. So the question is, what do you want to see come to life in your journey? I'm challenging you to take the initiative to see your deepest passions come true. So what impossible challenges will you tackle and make your reality? Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of a great podcast guest here today joining me on the airwaves on what we are going to dive down in, into today. Uh, and somebody who I've respected and have been watching from a distance for a little while, Neil, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast today. Um, and well, welcome to the Superhero Academy podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. So for those of you who are listening to this, you might have seen and might have read a little something in the bio. You might have read something in the blog that led you to this podcast. But Neil, can you give a little bit of a of, of story of who you are, what you're passionate about? Like, what, where, 
where did you come to be kind of this marketing guru? Where did you come to learn how to find traffic online? Where did you learn to kind of build businesses and be this kind of level of an entrepreneur at this stage in your career? Sure. Well, first off, I don't even think I'm that great of an entrepreneur. There's so many other entrepreneurs that are way more talented, right? Like this is an insane case, but look at Elon Musk. That guy's just not a really good entrepreneur. He's one of the best. How many multi-billion dollar companies has he created, right? It's just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But when I look at entrepreneurship and the way I got to where I am today is I started a job board because I couldn't find a job back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I paid marketing firms to help me out. I got little to no results. I was frustrated. I was broke. So I had no choice but to learn marketing on my own. I got good at it. And then I was like, why not help other people with this? It seems like a lot of people out there are just taking money from people, providing little to no results. So why not actually do a better job and just help people out? And that's how I got started. And so how long ago was that? Ooh, 14 years ago, 15. <laughs> So the world has has definitely changed, right? Obviously, the 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 online world you kind of jumped into into a, a bullish kind of market essentially, and this kind of land grab that is happening online of so many people, you know, looking to live what I would consider the ideal life. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this, you know, um, are coming at this from a little bit more of a of a social entrepreneurial perspective, right? These are people who who really care about making the world a better place, who really care about having an impact, but also really care, like most entrepreneurs, of having more freedom, more time to be able to, um, I don't know, spend you know, doing and following their passions. So where did your passion out of all of this come out of? Or where, where did you kind of, I mean, it's one thing to start marketing, but where did you kind of start really diving deeper and deeper and deeper into this and then start to see a following and a movement start to grow behind you? Yeah, my passion came from when I started building up traffic to my own website, I got addicted to it. Think of it as like a drug. I've never really done drugs in my life, but other than really like alcohol. Hmm. But when I started getting more and more visitors to my website, I was addicted. I was like, okay, can I get double this? All right, now can I get another double? Now can I get triple, 5x? Can I get to a million visitors? It just never ended. And I got so addicted to it. I was like, all right, I love it so much. Why not teach other people? Because like, we know when you're crazy about something, you want to tell everyone about it. Mm -hmm. That's what started for me. I was like so crazy about marketing. I was like, I got to tell everyone about this and just help them out. And I didn't care to make money from it. I just wanted to just grow my traffic for me like, it was just like a goal, a milestone. And there was no reason for it. I just wanted it. Mm. That's when the following started happening because I was helping other people out. And people were like, oh, this is awesome. My business is growing because of you. Thank you. And I was like, oh, nice, awesome. I didn't you know, expect anything, but that's <laughs> working out for you. And that's when people were like, can we pay you for this? Can you help us out even more? And it just started from there. It's funny because I, you know, I, I I level with that a little bit. I've been I've been kind of running a marketing agency for for almost seven years now, and kind of pulling together teams and talents and and giving people advice for and and doing and actually physically creating campaigns or driving and helping people with their with their website traffic or helping people build for purpose enterprises or whatever it was. And it's funny because I know the feeling exactly. You kind of described it there uh, subtly, which is oh, wow, I didn't realize that that was going to work, right? Because at the end of the day, you're, you're kind of, you're putting your best knowledge and best practice into, into kind of your advice that you're giving people and the help you're giving people. But at the end of the day, we're all just kind of figuring it out, right? I mean, 
I think now over time, obviously, you have more and more and more confidence in knowing what is going to work, what is going to build and big, build the biggest impact. But what do you think when you think back of like what's the fundamental of building an impact, of getting more followers, of getting more people to pay attention to your message? Well, the, the big impact is one, you're creating a movement eventually. And two, when you need a common movement to help you out or to do something or to make an impact or help others out, they're usually pretty flexible. And they go along with it, right? The key is not to misuse it, abuse it, uh, and really put the group, right? So think of it as if when you're doing a movement or you have a tribe, in essence, you want to put the tribe first. Like when I think about something or when I email out, I really do try to put every single member in the tribe before me. Because if you do what's best for them, eventually they'll do what's best for you. Fair. Fair. So create value as much as possible for the for the followers of the of the movement versus kind of considering your own more selfish perspective of like, oh, I want to make money, right? And I think um, I get that question all the time. There's so many people come up to me and they're like, wow, you've been an entrepreneur now. You're making money. You're doing all these things. Like, how do I do that? How do I make money? And I said, well, you're starting with the wrong question. The question is not how you make money. It's how do you offer value to other people who will pay you money eventually for those types of services, for whatever that looks like for you. And I think I think there's a lot of people um, in, in the kind of more social entrepreneurial side of things that they have a bad relationship with money as well. They have a, they have a kind of a certain way of thinking about things where they think that, you know, I don't know whether it be they watch too many documentaries and, 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 and I'm, I'm one of those people, right? I was one of those people that struggled with understanding um, the fact that whatever I was doing was worth something to somebody and that, that I could accept a certain amount of, of, of money, to do it and, and, and of kind of help in, in return back to me and back to my initiatives and what I was creating. And so, you know, for somebody out there who's starting, who, you know, looks at the world right now and says, look, the world doesn't need another blog. The world doesn't need another person to, to like be loud on YouTube. The world doesn't need another person to, you know, put out a newsletter, let's say. I mean, is that something that resonates that's true in your mind? Is that something you actually believe or... Or what do you what do you say to that person who's starting out, who doesn't know where to start, and doesn't know whether or not they're what they're going to create is going to have any kind of any kind of purpose beyond you know trying to make money, I guess. Yeah. Well, the first thing I always tell them is, people who become successful financially don't become financially successful due to the fact that they want to make money. Sure, that's part of it. There are some people who have made money just for the fact that they want to make money, and they may be selling a product or service or got lucky, or they be duping people into buying their product or service. Majority of the people who do well financially have done well because they're solving a problem. So what I tell people is think about what you're passionate about. All right, now once you have that, and once you figure out the space that you love, what's a problem in that space that you can help solve? Make sure enough people face that problem and make sure your solution is ideally either easy to use or affordable or a bit of both, right? If you can do that, eventually you'll create a business that financially prospers. So that's the way I look at it. And if you just wanna go out there and create a business just to make money, yeah, you can do so. You're not gonna be filthy rich from that though. That's fair, that's fair. I, I completely agree with that, I completely agree with that. So let's dive down into like some nuggets, some specifics, some things that you like are fundamental right now. I, I mean, I think the, the one thing that I kind of, um, 
you know, I, I kind of face every day is that the landscape is, is ever changing, right? Facebook changed its algorithm or now Instagram came out with stories or whatever else it is. And there's always this next hype, this, and then there's this feeling, I think, that a lot of people have of overwhelm, of not knowing what they need to do and when they need to do it, or what is the best direction they should take. What do you say to somebody like that? What's, what's the best way to start out a blog in your mind today? If you had like, I don't know, $5,000, you were complete, like you were, you were back at square zero, right? You had to take your first step, $5,000. What would you invest in? What would you go with? I would just create a blog on an industry or niche that I'm really passionate about. So again, something that has a big pain and really just help um, solve problem, create content. Once I create content, I would spend the rest of the time and money on promotion. For example, you don't even have to spend money on promotion. Every time someone emails you, uh, or every time you link out to a website in your content, email them, letting them know that. Like, hey, Mark, I just want to let you know that I linked out to your website, my post, love what you're doing. P.S. If you like my post, feel free to share it. It would make my year. Mm. That's it. Of getting free promotion. Another one is you just go see who's tweeting competitor articles in Twitter. So you just go search.twitter.com or go, you know, type in competitor URL. So you tweet them. Reach out to every single person who's tweeted a competitor article and say like, hey, notice you tweeted out X, Y, and Z article related to SEO. I also have an SEO article coming out in the next week. It's about this, this, and the other that the first article was about. Let me know if you want to check it out or share it with your audience. And sure, you can't reach out to everyone because it takes a bit of uh, grunt work and research to find their email, but the process works. Yeah, so I mean, what you're basically saying is a movement is built not necessarily only in things that we send out to everyone, but also in the one, like in the day-to-day -day kind of, uh, the, I guess it's almost like a, like a Gary V thank you economy kind of way, right? Like thank everyone, speak and engage with everyone directly and realize that, you know, it's not necessarily about hitting wide, but it's about hitting deep. And when you hit somebody deep, they are more likely to, to kind of find a way to, to, to help your business or find a way to pay back to you. And then that starts to get wider and wider and wider, correct? Exactly. You got it right. And so, I mean, look, I, I completely agree with that, right? Taking, realizing that the first, like, I think the first, the biggest wake up to me and anybody who's listening to this, uh, you know, they don't always get to hear my marketing side of things, um, but I'm glad that I can, can share a little bit of this with you. Um, and I think the first thing that people need to realize when they are putting content out there is that we're always kind of, we're writing it to the masses, right? We're always kind of envisioning oh yeah, well there's this massive group of people and they have this problem and so I'm going to speak to all of them. And we forget that everyone at the end of the day who receives a notification on their phone or receives an email or whether it be on Facebook or YouTube or no matter what it is, they are receiving that alone, right? Even if they're in a room full of people, they're still looking at their phone generally alone. They're still consuming that content alone. And we have to speak to individuals before we speak to crowds, right? I, I really believe that um, even politicians who, who, you know, I don't know, like someone like Bernie Sanders gained a lot of goodwill, who really built a, a passionate movement. It felt like he was speaking to me, right? It felt like he was speaking to the individual and to my problems and to what I was doing and not just to the, to the, to the masses, not just to like say things that would make as many people as possible happy. And that's, I think that's the difference between what people feel about maybe Hillary Clinton and somebody like Bernie Sanders. And I don't care what political affiliation you have. It's just the message and the way that that message is delivered is important. And so how do you 
continue to speak to people? How do you continue to find ways to know about what people's problems are in the first place? Well, that's the key. So you can serve them, you can get to know them, you have to spend time with them. But that's the key is to get to know the individual on a personal basis. When you build that emotional connection with people, we're all very emotional. You're much more likely to win over their goodwill and support. So you want to do a few things. One, you really understand what your audience or what individuals like or want based on spending time with them and truly trying to understand them. Talking to them on the phone, email. I was watching a video from Gary Vaynerchuk and he randomly called uh, one of his like followers, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, how can I help you? I forgot the guy's name, but the person was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. It, it just goes to show that you got to take time. Gary's done very well, right? He's a big brand. His agency does extremely well. He's invested in a lot of startups, but he still takes the time to help other people out. Mm-hmm. And that's the concept that a lot of people take for granted. Like if someone reads one of my blog posts on neilpatel.com and they leave a comment, you bet they're going to get a response. Even if they say, Neil, awesome post. I love this to death. I learned something from it. They're going to get a response. If someone says, Neil, uh, you miss X, Y, and Z in the post, or I think you could have made it better by doing this, this, and the other, I'm going to respond to them as well. And I'm going to tell them, hey, I appreciate the feedback. Thank you very much. Uh, feedback like this is what really helps me improve. So I do appreciate it. So if someone's willing to take the time to get to know me, why wouldn't I take the time to help them out and get to know them? And that's the key. Really treat every person as if, you know, uh, you care about them. And don't treat like, don't fake it. Really do try to care for your audience. Like I really do. When someone emails me and they're telling me how they're struggling and they don't have uh, much money, I help people out. Not everyone. I get a lot of people who just say, give me money. But I had a lady the other day saying, hey, Neil, I can't afford my uh, treatment, right? I'm not going to go into a medical condition. But she's just like, I just need a few hundred dollars. She's like, it would help. And she emailed me twice. And then she, in one of the emails, she sent a picture of her child as well. I was like, here's the money, right? Oh, yeah. It was that simple. But you have to care for people. If you don't care for people and you don't truly want to help them out, I don't think it's going to work out well for you. You right, like that's why a lot of people haven't built an audience that resonates with them. Forget my uh, uh, political affiliation. I'm not saying I'm a Sanders, uh, Sanders fan, or I'm not, or I am, or whatever it may be. But the reason he did well is because I truly felt whether he's right or wrong, he really did care for the people out there and the common. Absolutely. And so that being said, you know, this is called Superhero Academy podcast for a reason, and it's because I really believe that you're somebody who's exemplifying kind of superhero-like abilities. And, you know, maybe your superpower from my perspective is marketing. Maybe it, it maybe it's something that, you know, I can see on the surface while looking at your website or visiting your LinkedIn or something like that. But what would you say is like some of your hidden superpowers? What are the things that make you successful on a day-to-day basis? What is something like, I don't know, maybe it's a part of your routine or maybe it's part of uh, somebody you speak to, maybe it's somebody you hire, whatever that looks like. What, it, what would you consider some of your more hidden superpowers or things that that make you this successful in this uh, realm? So there's two things. One, I'm really good with time management. I use a program called Rescue Time mm-hmm. to optimize my time spent. It tells me if I'm wasting time on Facebook, Twitter, etc. Also use it. It's great. Yep. And then another thing that I do is I'm really good at executing. Not because I'm naturally a great executor, but it's how I break down my tasks. So people have goals. And they may say, like, at the end of this month, I want to achieve this. 
Okay, and then when you break them down, it's like at the end of this week, I want to achieve this. And I'm like, okay, when you break it down even further, what does it look from a daily perspective? Okay, now that you have your daily goals, what do you need to accomplish within that day to achieve them? So for me, it's just taskless, and I just crank through them, and my day is done when I'm finished with the task. I don't finish the task, my day is not done. It's that simple. Fair. One task a day. That's literally the first thing. Not even one task a day. One task a day is too much because they are too big. If you have one task, that task is going to be so big, it's going to take you forever to complete. Mm. If I have one task to achieve a goal, let, let's say if I need um, 100 visitors to my website, right, to achieve a goal of 700 visitors over a week. Yep. I would just put a task for today, get 100 visitors. It may be write a blog post, share a link on Twitter, share a link on Facebook, share a link on LinkedIn. Uh, email out 10 people that I've linked to in my blog post and ask them to share my content. Another one could be email out 50 people that have tweeted out uh, competitor URLs and ask them to tweet my URL. So I'll break down into that one big daily goal into many bite-sized tasks, and then I just accomplish them all. Okay. that's I mean, that's brilliant. So what stands in the way of that? What are some of you, like, what's your kryptonite? What's the thing that's bothering you? Or what is your biggest pain point? You know, I had Peter Diamandis on this podcast at one point and I, and I asked him, you know, multimillionaire, super successful, doing great in so many respects. I think he's totally, you know, superhero in, in his own right as well. And I asked him a very, all, the same exact question. And he said, well, you know what? I always have to raise money. And I'm like, really? Like, that's what like your biggest problem is. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, if I want to change billion, per, like billion people problems, I always need to raise an enormous amounts of capital. And, and he's like, that's never changed in my career. No matter how successful I was, I always have to kind of be in the position of raising money. And it's always the, the toughest thing. And it's not the thing I necessarily want to do, but it is the thing that's going to make me get there. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, that makes sense. For me, my kryptonite is emails. I get so overwhelmed and inundated with email inquiries every single day. And I really do want to help every single person out that I try to go through each email that I receive. Mm. Yeah, I have, I have the same... Same thing. Every email, every Facebook message, every everything at this moment. I always think that that's super important. Um, so how do you solve that? Right? Is is it something that you that you outsource? Like, would you do you trust no. somebody with your voice? Is it is it possible to do that? Like, you know, what, what is your thoughts on scalability at that point? Then I don't think it would be the same. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I completely agree. I completely agree. And and I've tried. Right. Like, I think. And surely you have too. I think we all start getting more traffic, more opportunity, more people reaching out, more people with different questions. And you want to help everyone at every stage of the game. And as much as I've tried to scale, recently I had to scale back. And I, and I recognize that the problem with scaling is in certain scenarios is that it has to be done so right for each person. Like you have to really start empowering and enabling one person at a time, just like you were building a movement one person at a time, right? I mean, an audience is one thing, it's easier to scale an audience than it is to scale a team. And it's just because every single person is unique and every single person reached out or wants to be a part of the team because they, they often believe in the vision and the ideas of the, of the leader in that scenario. And so how do you kind of, how do you, maintain all of that right what are some of the struggles that that kind of like beyond like okay once it once your emails get overwhelming and it gets it floods you let's say how do you deal with that how do you kind of 
how do you find an escape from that? What do you do to retreat from these from these issues and then be able to come back anew and fresh? I don't know. I haven't figured out the solution yet. Um, I just keep going and working more hours, which is not <laughs> sustainable forever. I have an assistant who helps me out as well. Technically, I have two assistants, but um, yeah, I honestly don't know the solution yet. I work seven days a week because I'm just trying to satisfy everyone, and eventually, I know it's not going to work because it's just adding up. But you know, for the time being, I try to do my best. Sure. And so, if you weren't working seven days a week. Would you, like, what would you spend your time doing? What, like, could you see yourself doing anything else? No, so I'd say if I wasn't working seven days a week, I'd be working on something else seven days a week. Uh, I'm addicted to work. I really am, like, I just don't know how to stop working. It'll be Christmas, I'll still work. (laughs) But isn't that the funniest thing? I was reading the 48 Laws of Power, and one of the things that they talk about, one of the laws is they basically say, make everything look effortless. And I think Gary Vee's one of the first people who I see in a very kind of prominent entrepreneurial space that not not the first person, but he's definitely one of the louder voices at this very moment who's like, it's fucking hustle. It's nothing but hustle. Like, and you want to like you think working 12 hours a day is great. Try 18. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, 18, go to 19, go to 20. Like people are consistently putting time and effort. And I don't think people recognize how how difficult it is, right, to, to be an entrepreneur. And it's not just because it's difficult to make money. It's because our impact and the, and the kind of the influence that we want to have on creating a better world or at least kind of building the world that we know is possible in our hearts and that we want to see come to life, it's addictive. It's, it's totally, it just takes and con- completely consumes us, right? And and I don't know, you know, it, 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 it to a default sometimes for me, right? And I, I won't speak for you on that, but definitely to a fault at times where I, I kind of cannot turn off. I'm like checking notifications in the, in the short walk between like my desk and the fridge to go grab some water or something, you know what I mean? Like uh-huh. just consistently plugged in, consistently on and feeling that pressure. Um, how do you feel about that? No, I agree with you on that. Um, I just don't know, uh, like, I think it's like the personality, right? I think some people just have it naturally, too. It's forget these laws, forget what people are saying, forget the mentality, forget the mindset. I think a lot of the entrepreneurs who work these crazy hours and hustle, I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of us, maybe even the majority, I don't think we had to change our mindset or train ourselves to be that way, I actually think it's just natural and it's our personality. Hmm. And so it's harder to become an entrepreneur if it's not necessarily your lifeblood to kind of live and breathe your work versus, you know, trying to just do it and get it going. And I, and I do think that there, uh, there's a lot of fake entrepreneurs out there, right? There's like a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs who are trying to get something going and, and we're kind of flooded. We're f- kind of flooded in, in a world where I think the new currency is attention, right? And now because we've democratized that attention, we've democratized anybody can put money into a system and, and have a Facebook ad that leads to some kind of, I don't know, offer of some kind. It's kind of muddied the waters, I find. It, it's really created like, who do we trust? Who actually has the information? Do, do I sign up with this person? Or do I sign up with that person? Like, how do you stand out 
as being more genuine and, and having your offers kind of make more sense. Um, and, and how do you find traffic that's not just through, you know, paying to play, which it, it seems like it's getting tougher and tougher to not pay to play? Yeah, it, it's really hard actually to not pay for play. Like you look at all these mediums out there, Snapchat, Instagram, uh, anything that's up and coming, it's really becoming a pay for play platform. You even look at Google, they have less and less spots on the home page. Advertising is taking up more spots. You can even now advertise in maps. It's becoming pay for play. You look at Facebook, their fan page algorithm kept showing your organic reach lower and lower over time. What does that mean? You got to pay to play, right? Mm-hmm. And the only way to combat this is just creating really useful, informative stuff that helps people out where they have no choice but to share it. Makes these social networks have no choice but to share your information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of people whose businesses were were really screwed up by some some of that, right? Like Facebook gets into Facebook gets into a war with YouTube, for example, for video. And so now all of a sudden you have a whole bunch of people on Facebook who are making these massive pages because they're stealing content from YouTubers and things that have already gone viral in the past and putting it on freaking Facebook. And now all of a sudden you have, if you were like a massive YouTuber and you put your, your link on your YouTube video on Facebook, it goes literally nowhere. Like I, I've never seen (laughs) something get so slaughtered in, in terms of reach. And so I actually have seen YouTube videos do really well, but people pay to make those YouTube videos really popular. They (laughs) really pay. They really do pay. They really do. You have no choice. Facebook does not want you to upload videos to YouTube. And they even manipulate the view count or what they consider a view. If it plays automatically, it's a view. On YouTube, they have to watch it for at least X amount of seconds. Yeah, I think it's like 30 seconds or something. Yeah, it's totally different. Right, like I was, I was watching. I was, I was looking at these statistics. I was losing. I was using an, an outside analytics, right, not on Facebook, but using kind of something else. And and uh, I know you were involved with the, like, I don't know, Kiss Metrics and all these other things. But I was using something. I was looking at it, and it was telling me like, okay, how many people actually watch this video to the end? And it's like I had this video that had like I don't know, ten thousand views, let's say, and I had just posted it, and there was like it was like a fraction of the people. It was so small. The number of people actually made it to the end of the video and I was like, wow, like we're in this, we're in a, we're in the matrix of, of perception right now where a lot of the entrepreneurs that we think are out there who are doing really phenomenal and great. I think a lot of that is, is it's kind of a facade. It's a game a little bit. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of it's just bullshit out there. So how do you cut the bullshit? You know, for, you know, we're, we're going to end this podcast in a way that we leave some golden nugget, one couple of pieces of advice or one thing that you think stands out. Like, what would you do right here, right now, I, I, let's say, to, to grow an email list and, and to potentially, you know, create an offer that, that sticks? Sure. A few things. Number one, to collect an email, to build an email list, you need to collect emails. So there's a lot of free tools like Hello Bar that you can use to collect emails. Uh, there's Bounce Exchange or Sumo Me. The list is uh, endless. You then need to come up with the offer. You can't just say, hey, put in your name and email. Yeah, you'll get some people to do that, but it doesn't work well. You have to create either an ebook, a PDF, like something that's downloadable, audio file, a checklist, uh, a course. The better your opt in, the more thorough you go to build it. <coughs> Sorry about that. No, no worries. Uh, so the more. Uh, Sorry. All right. So the more thorough your opt-in is, 
like the more time and energy you spend creating the offer, not just from a content perspective, but also from a design perspective, the better off you're going to be. Because then everyone's going to tell their friends, oh my God, I just opted into Neil's ebook on doubling my traffic in 30 days. You have to check this out. Go to the site, put in your email. Mm-hmm. All right, so that's step one. Number two, try content upgrades. So a content upgrade is if let's say someone's reading a blog post called 10 ways to increase your search engine traffic. Mm-hmm. The content upgrade is a email opt-in that's relevant to the post. It's within the post where they can subscribe. They scroll down, let's say like three, four paragraphs. And even at the end, you can be like, well, 10 more ways you can grow your search traffic, put in your email, name an email and get the extra 10 ways or put in your name and email and get the checklist on the 10 ways, whatever it may be. Mm. That's one way you're gonna get opt-ins. The third thing is use an exit pop-up. Too many people are afraid of it. They're like, oh, it's not good, not valuable to my users. They're gonna get upset. No one really gets upset. It's a really small, unless your audience is developers or someone like that, you're fine. My audience is marketers and I use exit pop-ups and they're okay with it. Just make sure whatever you're offering in the pop-up shows real value. Once you have emails, then you need to curate a drip sequence, like seven emails, 10 emails. Warm people up, get to know them before you sell them on any products or services. So after you educate them after two, three, four, five emails, and then you start showing them things that they can buy or pay for to improve their whatever they're looking to or in order to solve their problem, then they're going to be much more likely to buy. And then close off the email sequence with, the product is expiring and really do close it off. Don't just say it's only going to be available till tomorrow and then still leave it open, but actually close it off and you'll generate quite a bit more sales from that. Yeah. You think that the expiry is actually, is actually worthwhile. Like it's not, it's not too kitschy marketing. It doesn't feel too salesy. And I mean, I think some people have that it feeling, but you still, so it still works right at the end of the day. Yeah. It works better than anything else I've tested. Great. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for, giving out that value and anybody who is looking to learn more about you who is looking to kind of dive into some of the expertise that you might have where should they go where should they come and learn more uh at this moment neilpatel.com all right perfect well all the links will be in the description below guys if you found any value if you have any questions we said it here we answer everything so make sure to ask us questions either in the post or directly on soundcloud or itunes or whatever it is We will find that. Thank you so much again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe if you are a new listener to this podcast. Don't forget to hit that button. All right, ladies and gentlemen, have a good one. Till next time.